Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for a special message by our youth pastor, Jonathan Wilson, called World Changers. It's time for us to alter the way we look at Gen Z. We don't need to shield our teens from the world. We need to unleash them upon it and rally behind them, understanding that God has given them the power to be world changers. It's our hope today that this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you'll leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. Hello, Liquid Church. Happy Labor Day weekend. My name is Jonathan, and I have the pleasure of serving as the youth pastor here at Liquid, and I'm so honored to be able to talk with you today. In case you're just tuning in, you're like, hey, that guy looks a tad bit different than Pastor Tim, and why are there a bunch of youths on stage? Like, what's, what's going on? Well, let me welcome you to Student Takeover. And this day is all about highlighting our youth in worship, in our hosting, and even here in the message. You know, as youth pastor, I really believe I have the best job in the entire world. Not only do I get to have fun and constantly not act my age, but I'm always inspired by the potential that I see in every student. I'm always learning that this is a generation that is meant to be unleashed. So today, we would like to talk to every parent every grandparent, every single person, and every student to help us recognize and rally behind the significant role that this generation has in our world today. You know, if you're a parent or a guardian, you know, we all have this instinct to protect and shield our youth from the dangers of this world. For dads, we call it the daddy reflex. You know, it's amazing how we instinctively shield and protect youth as they grow. But our role as a church has to extend beyond just protecting them. Yes, they are delicate and they they do need our protection. But this generation is not just meant to be shielded, but meant to be unleashed. So today I want us to look at them not as delicate flowers, but as sticks of dynamite. Because God has placed explosive power in Gen Z. You know, way back in the Industrial Revolution, when America was ready to progress and build roads and railroads and new cities, they came across obstacles of huge mountains and rock formations in the way. So they needed to excavate. So they used dynamite to obliterate the rough terrain and reshape the landscape. Dynamite was used to reshape the earth. And I believe that's what God is calling our youth to do, to reshape the earth. You know, God is able to do amazing things through this generation by his power. In Ephesians 3.20, the Apostle Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or conceive by the power which is at work among us. You know, God can literally blow our minds with what's possible when his power is working through us. You know, the original Greek for that word power in that verse is the word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It means explosive power. And when this dunamis power of God is activated in our next generation, they are like dynamite and have the ability to reshape the earth. God has called this generation to be world changers. Students, hear me, hear me. You are world changers. God wants to use you to do more than what we can ask or think to change the world. You know, and after a year like 2020, I think we are all poised more than ever for a world change. I believe it's something we all can feel, right? We are politically polarized. 
Racial tensions are running high. We are in an economic crisis, and this pandemic has claimed over 180,000 lives in America alone. You know, and as believers in Christ, we all have this kind of sixth sense to know that things just are not right. You know, we feel the tensions of being Christians in a culture that is rapidly losing its morality. You know, last week I happened to catch a music video that aired on a supposedly family network with my family, right? And I got to say, I was shocked at how many things were being shaken in my face. I'm talking about body parts that I didn't even know could be shaken were being shook. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, on, on a family network though? Like uh, my daddy instincts kicked in. I'm covering my boy's eyes. My wife is covering my eyes. It's crazy. The bar of morality has not just fallen, it is broken. And I believe there's a through line between what's happening to us spiritually and all the issues we're facing today. You know, many things we feel just kind of helpless to do anything about. So we just learn to live with it. But I believe God is able to use youth to change the things that we've learned to live with. You know, last month, Pastor Tim preached on the movie Hamilton. And what stuck out to me uh, was that Hamilton was only 19 years old at the start. He will be Gen Z today. That's crazy. But the truth is that every major revolution and world change was led by youth. From the American Revolution to the Civil Rights Movement. You know, it was estimated that 75% of the activists in the nonviolent Civil Rights Movement were under the age of 25. Dr. Martin Luther King once said, what is new in our fight is the fact that it was initiated, fed, and sustained by students. God calls youth to change what we've learned to live with. Why? Because youth have this sense of optimism, right? They have this sense of invincibility and, and the willful, headstrong nature that causes change to happen. This is why God uses youth to change what we've learned to live with. See, this next generation, our world changer, set to spark a revolution. And listen, revolution happens when the tensions of what is it rubs against what is desired to be, right? It rubs against it and it makes that tension. So question, where are you desiring to see change in this world? What tensions are you feeling? Go ahead and throw it in the chat. Is it injustice? Is it economic change? Is it the restoration of morality in our society? What kind of revolution are you looking for? You know, I believe if we're going to see significant lasting change, we need a spiritual revolution. Because if we see God-loving influencers rise up in our media outlets, then we will hear the voice of God spoken louder than the lies of the enemy. If we see godly leaders rise up in positions of power, then they can make policy guided with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. If we see more leaders with the heart of Christ rise up in our communities, we can show more compassion to those in need and point people to the grace and saving power of Jesus Christ. If you agree, just put an amen in the chat. We need a spiritual revolution. And I believe God is calling us to recognize the generation that he is equipping to lead it. Because when you combine the strength of youth with the explosive power of God, you get world changes. But the, but the truth is, this requires all of us to work together. See, understand this. The enemy traffics in division, you know, class division, racial division, and generational division. You know, the lies of the enemy have the older and the younger generation at odds, right, with a lack of respect for each other. And this is an ongoing cycle. Trust me, just as okay boomer is a thing now, 
Soon it's going to be, whatever, Gen X, or move over, millennial. <laughs> like, just wait. Every generation will get its burn. But here's the thing. God works through unity. You know, Jesus prayed for us in, in John 17, and he said that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. I, I love the symbolism here of the, of the Father and the Son being one, generational unity. See, God calls the young because they're strong and the old because they are wise. We are all needed. Just put that in the chat. We are all needed. See, behind all the youth marching in the civil rights movement was the older generation praying in the church, writing letters to legislators, and providing mentorship and encouragement. Every generation has an opportunity for a revolution, and now we all need to rally behind this generation. And there are three vital roles that we can all play to rally behind them. And we see these roles in the book of Daniel. Here the Bible gives us a story of when the people of God were captives, foreigners in the land of Babylon, and a few teens stood up to be world changers. Three Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And their story begins when the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, wants people from Israel to serve in his royal court. And so he calls out some young people. In Daniel 1.4, it reads, Brings you, bring youths without blemish, of good appearance, of skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, and learning. So check out what's happening here. The king calls out youth who are beautiful, who are smart, who are skilled to serve. See, before these young Hebrew teenagers would be able to make an impact in their world, they first had to be called out. And before this stick of dynamite can have any impact, we first have to light a spark. So the first vital role we have to play as a church is to light the spark. Can we all just throw that in the chat? Somebody put light the spark. And we do this by doing what King Nebuchadnezzar did. We light their spark by calling them out. We light their spark by calling out how God sees every young person, beautiful, smart, and skilled. See, we have to constantly and ferociously build up their confidence in what they can do through God. You know, I'm reminded of a YouTube video I watched of, of a young 14-year-old Venus Williams before she won any matches being interviewed. Check this out. Say it so easily. Why? Because I believe it. Uh, you know, and let me tell you why. What she has said, she said it with so much confidence the first time. But if you keep going on and on, and on. So we can't keep it interrupting. I mean, if you want. You better understand that you're dealing with an image of a 14 year old child. When she says something, we don't told you what's happening. You're dealing with a little black kid. I love that video. Did you see how her father stepped in and ferociously defended the confidence that young Venus had? Listen, the enemy will always try to get them to doubt that they are special to God and that they are not loved by him. But when we defend who they are, we show them how God will step in and interrupt the lies of the enemy. He will ferociously defend his truth in them. Students, listen, don't ever let anyone tell you what you cannot do because God is able to do beyond what you can think or what you can imagine through his power that works through you. 
Church, when we light their sparks, we speak God's truth. So here's the question. Who do we need to light up today? What sparks are waiting to be lit up around us? Or ask yourself, who has lit your spark? You know, this is student takeover, so I don't want you to just take my word for it. Let's hear from one of our world changers. And I have here world changer Sadie. Sadie, you shared with me about a time when your spark was lit and how it impacted you. Can you share that with us today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I began teaching myself guitar um, a couple of years ago, right before the start of high school. But the summer, right before my sophomore year, I remember sitting in the living room, playing the ukulele of, on a, like during a house party to help promote the launch of the then new Somerset County campus. But you came up to me, actually, and asked me if I wanted to join Youth Lead for Liquid's high school program. And of course, I was like, no way. I had only ever taught myself. I only knew like a good four chords. I could barely strum right with no rhythm in there at all. But for whatever reason, you saw something in me and you pushed me to come to that very first rehearsal. Yeah, I do remember that, uh, that, that party. Um, and I remember you playing and I, I saw you playing those four chords. And I'm like, I only play three. So you're already ahead of the game. Uh, but it was such an honor to be able to pour into you that way. But I know I wasn't the only one. Who else has kind of poured into you in this way? Well, in addition to you, actually, the other person I can think of is the current worship leader of my campus, Michael Pemberton, who taught me new ways to play and to be free with music. But he also respected my youth and enjoyed the energy I brought to the team despite despite all my flaws and mistakes. And him, along with the worship team, built me up, encouraged me to be a leader, and even helped me to discover who God wanted me to be. That's amazing. And I can be a witness and tell you that God has been using Sadie in an amazing way. But there was a pivotal moment, right, where you had to cling and hold on to those godly affirmations. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so just when I got comfortable on stage, I was encouraged to take another step forward and sing a song at our high school retreat. And I had never sung in public before. And there was not a single part of me that wanted to do it. But I listened to this guy and God's affirmation and said yes anyway. And it was terrifying. It really was. It's scary to get out of the shadows, which was my comfort zone playing guitar in the back, and into the spotlight to be vulnerable. But through that one song, that one spark, God opened door after door for me, not only to be a true leader in church, but in my daily life. And the voices of these leaders like John and Mike, they told me that I was good enough. I was able. I was anointed by God. And that affirmation changed everything for me. I stepped, well, really leaped out of the place I felt safe and learned to love God even more deeply because I had to totally and completely lean on him for strength and for the voice I didn't think I had. So my journey has been seriously transformative and it started because there were people like him who lit a spark in me and when I didn't believe in myself and this spark helped me to love worship and to be a fierce and bold leader in Christ. Well, amen. Thank you so much, Sadie. Can we just throw an amen in the chat? Church, I want to make sure we, we get what she's saying. A single spark can transform what a student thinks about themselves and their relationship with God. That's amazing. Come on, throw another amen for this world changer. Church, when we light their sparks, we speak God's truth, and that's what we must do. So the first vital action is to light their sparks. But the next equally important action is that 
we must know that every spark or flame will go out unless it's fed the right amount of oxygen, right? So the next thing we must do is feed the flame. You know, in the story of the, the, the Hebrew boys, these teenagers, you know, there, there came a time when the king requested them to break their Jewish law and dishonor God by eating the food of Babylon. But the Hebrew boys, they sought to honor God over the influences around them, and they asked for their food to be just vegetables and water for 10 days. So get this, guys. Teenagers invented the Daniel fast. <laughs> now, I know some of you may want to thank them. Others may want to punish them for that. <laughs> but these teens, right, they decided to feed on what was honoring to God. And let's look at what the Bible says happened in Daniel 1.15. It says, at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all of the youths who ate the king's food. And after 10 days, they stood up and stood out looking better than the other youths around them. I love that. So here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. What are our youths feeding on? A better question yet, what are we feeding them? You know, just as, as we look after their physical nutrition, we should be thinking about their, their spiritual nutrition. Because if we're not, understand this, that the world offers them a buffet. Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. It's like the buffet of Babylon, serving up the world's influences. And this diet alone is engineered to sap them of their God-given potential and leads to struggles like peer pressure, low self-image issues, heightened levels of anxiety and depression. But when we feed their spirits the word and truth of God, it builds their relationship with him and gives them strength to overcome the influences of this world and stand out. When we feed their flame, we give them the strength to stand. We have to feed their flame. We have to feed their spirits with God's word. And this is all our responsibility. Parents, I want you to know that you do not have to do this alone. You know, Liquid High School, we have an amazing group of people called mentors, right? These are those that are on the front lines, the frontline warriors in this high school ministry who tirelessly and sacrificially feed our students with the life-giving word and truth of God in our small groups. You know, I think of mentors like Dave and JP and Lauren and Jess. I think of all of our mentors who through the pandemic have been meeting on Zoom small groups and making creative, intentional efforts to feed the flame in each of our students. Can we just give a virtual applause for how they have been equipping these world changes? Parents, listen, nowhere else will your students find a positive community that will fill them up with God's truth. You know, in our small groups are where world changes are made. So I wanna encourage you to encourage your team to be a part of a small group. Get them registered. Be invested in what they're learning. Get to know their mentors and your campus high school leader. But maybe you're not a parent. Well, I, I want to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a mentor. Or maybe you feel like that's, that's not for you. I want to encourage you to be a mentor to a mentor. See, we are all in this mission together. See, I believe that there is enough dynamite power in this church alone that can spark a spiritual revolution that can change our world forever. I believe that in Jesus' name. If you agree, put an amen in the chat. You know, I, I think of world changer Alex here who has shared with us his experience of being fed in, in a small group. Alex, can you just share your experience with us? Yeah, for sure. So I joined a small group my freshman year of high school and was actually a part of Liquid High School throughout my high school career. 
Um, and when it first started, it was maybe just six or seven of us guys meeting on Sundays um, at someone's house just to read the Bible and fellowship. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I was somewhat reluctant to go at first. Uh, but fast forward a couple weeks later, and it would become one of the things that I look forward to most every single week. Uh, I got to have fun and meet fellow believers my age, but I was also fed by my mentors who led the group every week. And our group quickly grew and grew, and we had 20 guys almost. Um, and trust me, it's not easy trying to manage a group of wild boys. Um, but they showed up every single week. They poured into us. They shared their experiences. They taught us the Bible, gave us advice, and most importantly, were just friends to us. That's amazing. Uh, Alex, you, you kind of remind me of myself uh, when I was your age. You know, I grew up in church, and so you've had the opportunity and the benefit to be at Liquid's small groups and all of the Liquid church functions. But I'm curious, how has the impact of these mentors affected your life outside of the church? Yeah, so like I said, my mentors, first and foremost, were friends to all of us. They were the ones that would text me every time I had a big game. Um, they were the ones that would take us bowling or go to Sky Zone with us. Uh, they were the ones that checked in on me when my brother was in the hospital. Um, and they were the ones that gave us an example of what it's like to live a life for Christ and what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And they fully admitted to us, look, we're not perfect. We don't have every answer, but we're here to walk alongside you and help you grow. And that more than anything was what pushed me to make my faith my own. I've grown up in, my church, I've grown up in church my whole life, like Jonathan said, but I grew more in my faith in high school than any other time in my life. And that's all credit to my mentors. They pushed me to do better, ask the difficult questions that come with faith, and to make many choices that my non-Christian friends were not making. And it totally changed me as a person. Well, wow, that's amazing. It's an amazing story. Thank you, Alex. But now you're not in high school anymore, right? <laughs> You've transitioned into college. So I'm just curious, how has all that mentorship uh, affected your journey now that you're in a new phase of life? Yeah, so at the beginning of high school, I was a shy kid uh, who didn't talk much and wanted little to do with church. Uh, but now I'm much more confident and outgoing, and some would say too outgoing, but I've learned to take steps to make my faith my own. Um, and most importantly, my mentors called out the gifts and strengths that I had, and they encouraged me to use them to help people my age. Um, and that's part of the reason why I lead a college small group today, is so that I can hopefully give to other people what they gave to me. Wow. Praise God. Can we praise God for a world changer? Alex, I want to make sure we get what he's saying. See, Alex, who had his flame fed in small group, is now feeding the flame for more future world changes. Come on, make some noise in the chat for Alex. That's amazing. That's how we impact our world. See, when we feed their flame, we give them the strength to stand. So we have to light their sparks and we have to feed the flame. And the last vital role we have to do is to unleash their potential. And what I mean is we have to create opportunities for them to lead. Opportunities for them to lead at, at our campuses, lead in our small groups, lead in our homes, lead in our businesses. This will give them the confidence they need to lead in our world, even when it may seem a bit scary for us to do so. You know, back in the book of Daniel, we see these young teenage world changers being unleashed. When the king ordered everyone to bow down and worship his statue, or be thrown into the fire. And these young teenagers refused, and they decided to stand on the truth that only God is worthy of worship. In Daniel, it says they responded to the king like this. They say, if this be so, our king, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. 
You know, every time I read this story, I think to myself, where were the parents of these young boys? Like, could you imagine for a second that these were your sons, your nephews, your little cousins or whatever, or a young person in your life facing danger, standing for what they believe in? How many of us would have raced down to intervene? You know, our, our protective instincts would have kicked in and forced them to bow down or do whatever they had to do to save them from being thrown into a fiery furnace to protect them. You know, sometimes it's difficult to create opportunities for our youth to lead out of the instinct we have to protect. You know, sometimes we're afraid of what might happen if I give them responsibility. Will, will they be able to handle it? If I, if I let them go off in the world to stand up for what they believe in, will they get disappointed and disillusioned? See, we want to step in and put restrictions on them to protect them. But the truth is, dealing with dynamite is risky business. But I can tell you one thing, that after I light this up and after I feed the flame, the most dangerous thing I can do and, and most dangerous thing I can do to everyone around me is to continue to hold this in my hand. We have to unleash them and let them lead. And what I found is that when we create opportunities for our youth to lead, God blows our mind. You know, I've had the pleasure of singing this in our youth lead program. When we have the opportunity to cultivate leadership in our youth by giving them a platform to expand their influence in worship, in communications, in visual arts. And I want you to hear right now from one of our youth lead members on the impact of being unleashed has had on their lives. Uh, world changer Aaron, can you please share the story about the opportunity you were given to lead and what that was like for you? Sure. So when I first entered high school, I started attending volunteer meetings for an event in my county called Relay for Life. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Relay for Life, it's an event that raises money for the American Cancer Society. So after attending a couple meetings and taking on some event responsibilities, I was asked to become an event co-chair. Wow. So there's a lot of big things happening. So you're a part of this Relay for Life you are, you're, you're doing the most noble task of pushing it and fighting cancer. And as the co-chair, no less. Aaron, this is a huge responsibility. How, how was that experience for you? To be honest with you, it was a very intimidating role at first, especially because I realized I would have to delegate tasks to both adults and experienced volunteers. However, over the past couple of years through this role, I've come to realize that being a leader isn't just about delegating tasks and telling people what to do, but rather it's about uniting a team to achieve a goal and utilizing the talents and God-given strengths of every volunteer to achieve that goal. Whoa, whoa. are you guys hearing this? Like, this is some top-tier leadership ideals happening right here. Aaron, when you write your first book, you have to make sure you promise to give me the first autographed copy. This is amazing. Uh, so just tell it, please, tell me how did that experience play out? Yeah, so now I'm a senior in high school, so it'll be my fourth year co-chairing the event, and our event has grown to have over 400 participants. Last year, we even raised $150,000 for cancer research and treatment. And I'm just so glad that I was trusted with such an important role since the experience of leading in my community has allowed me to truly understand and believe that God has given me the potential to make a difference. And my family has been battling with cancer ever since I can remember, so I'm so grateful that God gave me an opportunity to fight back by leading in my community. Mm. Can we just uh, put an amen in the chat for Aaron? Thank you so much for sharing that amazing story. That's amazing. Thank you, Aaron. Come on, let's praise God for that. 
See, this is what happens when we create opportunities for our youth to lead. So question, where can you create an opportunity for youth to lead? Where can you unleash them? See, when we are willing to unleash them, even when it makes us uneasy, we create the opportunity for God to do amazing things. You know, when we look back at the Hebrew boys, those teenagers, the king gave them a final ultimatum, right? To worship him or be thrown into the fire. And they responded with those words in Daniel. They said, if this be so, our, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But I want us to look at the conviction of these world changers in verse 18. It says, but even if he doesn't, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods. See, the king, he, you know, not being impressed with the courage of the convictions, had them thrown into the, the fire. But here's what the king didn't realize. This is what he didn't understand, is that the quickest way to activate dynamite is to throw it in the flames. See, the amazing end of this story comes in, in the next verse where, when the king looks into the furnace and says, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Then he says, but I see four men now walking in the midst of the fire, and, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The form of the fourth was the Son of God. And I want to make sure we don't miss what's happening here in this verse. See, what's happening here is a rare occasion in the Old Testament occurred here. And this occasion is that Jesus showed up. Jesus, the Son of God, showed up in the fire. This is an explosive miracle. And let's ask the question, why did Jesus show up here? See, Jesus showed up, you know, not because the old generation was at home behind their beds, kneeling and praying, not just because of that reason, but Jesus showed up here because three teens, just three teens who knew who they were in God, were filled with the Word of God, were unleashed and decided to stand up and be world changers. And how many of you know that when Jesus shows up, everything changes. Somebody say amen to that in the chat. See, this explosive miracle changed the king's heart. He declared that the one true God was worthy of worship, and it changed their world. And guess what? It could change our world too. Church, when we unleash their potential, God unleashes his power. See, God's heart is with the youth in such a way that when they stand up, then God stands up with them. When our teens stand up as world changers, God's daddy reflexes kicks in and he will ferociously unleash the explosive power of heaven and we will see God do above what we can ask or think. Amen. Somebody type amen in the chat if you believe that. To all my youth, guys, I want to encourage you today. Whenever you're willing to stand for Christ, you will have those moments when you are walking through the fire. But I want you to understand this, that God can use fires of life to activate the dynamite within you. You know, these fires are, are the hard moments of life, the hard moments of your faith walk. When you feel alone, feel rejected, feel overwhelmed. I want you to understand that it's in the middle of the fire when you can feel closest to Jesus. Because here, you can see that's exactly what he walked through for you as he walked to the cross. See, understand that he knows your pain. He knows your struggle and he is walking through the fire with you. And he will move in a way that will change everything around you. Listen, God uses the fires of life to activate the dynamite within you. 
because you are the dynamite God will use to obliterate the lies of the enemy. You are the dynamite that God will use to demolish the strongholds of fear and of hate. This generation is the dynamite that God will use to reawaken the church and point the world to Jesus like never before. You have potential in you. You have purpose. You are world changers. Church, if you agree, put an amen in the chat. This generation is not just meant to be shielded, but meant to be unleashed. When we unleash their potential, God unleashes his power. Church, we can do this because God is able. So please hear the voices of these world changers as we learn what we need to do. Light or spark. I know that my generation can sometimes come across as we don't need you. But if I'm being honest, we do. We need you to speak into our lives. So can I ask, who in your life needs you? Because when you speak God's truth, you light our spark. Feed our flame. I'm just going to say it. Being a college student isn't easy. We're trying to discover who we are while being pulled in all directions. God has a plan for our life, but we still need positive role models and mentors to invest in us and help us navigate these formative years. When you feed our flame, you give us the strength to stand and discover who we are in Christ. Unleash our potential. Listen, I get it. Sometimes it's easy to overlook us because we're young, but my generation has just one request. See us for who we are becoming. Mom, dad, allow us to take risks even when it's scary to let us go. Church, we have so many hidden talents and gifts that need to be called out and developed. When you create leadership opportunities, when you unleash our potential, God will unleash his power. Wow, I know I was inspired today by hearing the voices of these world changers, and I hope that you were too. So what I would like to invite you to do is just join us in prayer as we pray for this generation and every generation and for our entire church that we may seek God for his power. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for what a remarkable day that you have put a spotlight on your youth. God, we know that there is so much in them that even we can't see, that even we don't know, but you know your plan and you know that your purpose for each one. God, I ask that you reveal that to them, that you comfort them, you be their strength, even when they're walking through their fires, God, to let them know that they are indeed world changers. Father God, I, I pray for our church at large, that you give us the inspiration and the strength to pour into them everything that they need, all the support, all of the prayers, all of the mentorship and encouragement that they need to, to continue to stand in this day and age. God, we love you. We know that you are a God that can do above and beyond what we can ask or think. So we thank you for what you're doing in this season, and we give your name praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.